This week we'll be discussing Mean Girls with guests Laura Ornella and Jose Venutolo. Please note that this episode of the podcast was recorded before we changed the name to Views in Paradox. Thus, it is referred to as the Movie Club Collective. So sit back and enjoy in... 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Views in Paradox. Welcome any and all to the Movie Club Collective. This is a show where each week we share and discuss a different film with a distinguished panel of fellow movie files. I'm your host, John Olson. The way the show works is this. Each panelist on the show nominates a film based on a weekly theme, and then the collective votes for those nominees over on the Movie Club Collective Facebook group. The winning film becomes our topic of discussion. This week's theme was comedy, just kind of in a broad, general sense. And the movie that the collective chose was Mean Girls. So without further ado, I would like to introduce today's panelists. First and foremost is my co-host and co-producer, Rochelle Racine. Welcome. Hi, thank you. On Wednesdays, we were pink. (laughs) Make sure to head to our Instagram, guys. It's at Movie Club Collective. And we post a lot of, of course, our announcements, but within that, you'll see a lot of like cool fan art posters and other ways to just keep up to date with us. So make sure to check that out. Next up, we have Laura Ornella. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I know John because I was in an acting studio with his wife, Brianna. I'm an actor, comedian, and writer in New York. Doing all kinds of crazy projects, <laughs> some, some fun stuff. And last but not least, my my old co-host on the first air of the show, Jose Venutolo. Welcome. Yes. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me again here. I like how you say collective. It makes me think about the Borg. Nice. Yes. We are. We're like the <laughs> film Borg. We, we're the Borg. We're, we'll we're have, the have consensus. Uh, before we get started today, I just want to kind of acknowledge anyone out there who's having a hard time with coronavirus. I know we're all stuck inside and I've recently, just today, learned of uh, two people within kind of one degree of separation who have passed away. So uh, I just want to kind of put out my condolence on behalf of the show and, you know, stay inside, stay safe, and hopefully this will bring a little bit of levity and, you know, help you deal with uh, sort of the stir craziness that we're all dealing with to some extent or another. And, And a big thank you to all the essential workers, be you grocery or hospital or anything in between. Anyone out there still working, running delivery, just big shout out to to everyone there. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird time. Um, having all this time, though, is part of the reason I decided to kind of kick off the show again to begin with, because we're all kind of at home. So without further ado, I guess let's get into the topic at hand. For our return episode, we chose Mean Girls. It had kind of a runaway. My pick was Step Brothers, <laughs> but... Uh, that was it, the second. Yeah, it got enough votes that maybe I'll nominate it again later. So we're going to start each episode with kind of a rundown of information about the film, and then we'll jump right into discussion. 
So the movie was Mean Girls. The topic was comedy. This film came out in April 30th of 2004, just to make everyone feel a little bit older. That was uh, the year I graduated high school. Uh, it was the, the year after I graduated high school. I was going out of college. Yeah, it was the year I moved out to San Diego before I would then later move back to New York. So it has a breezy runtime of an hour and 37 minutes. This was directed by Mark Waters, who in the early aughts had a few kind of big films. He directed Freaky Friday. Pre- also with Lindsay Lohan. Also with Lindsay. Was it Lindsay? Yep. Uh, she was the one. Um, this is the second film they worked on together. Gotcha. And then like he did a pre-Meconnaissance, uh, Ghost of Girlfriends Past, but kind of uh, kind of faded out after that. Didn't really do a whole lot in the teens and whatnot. Mostly television. This was famously written by Tina Fey, who also features in the film and recently wrote the book for the Broadway adaptation of this very film. Uh, DP was Darren Okada, who also was the DP on Baby Mama, another film featuring both Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. He's done a ton of television, but that was kind of the, the only notable thing I, I saw in there related to this. And it stars Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, and I'm going to throw a third billing to Lizzie Kaplan, who plays the not-lesbian goth girl, actress who's been working for a lot of stuff for a long time. Kind of not a household name, but probably should be. Definitely should be. So I'm giving her third billing because she features kind of prominently. This film was nominated by Rochelle. You want to kick us off since it was your pick and let us know maybe why you nominated it and what you what you like about it, etc. Uh, yes, of course. Would you mind if I go into a couple cool factoids about this? Sure, yeah, however you want to do it. Okay, so this is based on a nonfiction book, actually about like, it's a parenting book, which I find interesting. And Tina Fey didn't realize that before she committed to writing the screenplay, which I thought was really cool. Since you were talking about Janice, the actress that plays Janice, there's a couple neat things about her character. Her character, Janice Ian, is an homage to Janice Ian, the first Saturday Night Live musical guest. Really? Uh, yes. And she was a real life lesbian, the musician. So this was very much based on her. Um, and then at the end but of this the movie, one's not a lesbian. Right, right. But like, it was just right. Neat. Yeah, I understand. And then at the end of the movie, Kevin G, like the Indian mathematical dude, asked Janice about her ethnic background. And she says Lebanese. And that's also like a joke about lesbianism, which I thought was kind of funny. And she then, looks like she could be Lebanese, though. Yeah, totally. Totally. I just Lebanese lesbian. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But that was purposeful, which I thought was funny. And then Lindsay Lohan played Caddy, the main character. And it, that's obviously an uncommon spelling for American girls. I didn't realize it was a D until I looked it up on IMDb, actually. Yep. Even though they say it in the film. Yeah, they say caddy, but I thought they were just <laughs> like cat, like caddy. Anyway. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. And so the theme of the film, obviously, is female empowerment. And so her name was taken from the maiden name of Elizabeth Cady Stanton, a 19th century pioneer in the American women's rights movement. Very neat, huh? Nice. So I chose this film due to the details and the specificity that are in the screenplay. The writing is brilliant. The character development is absolutely iconic. Like everybody knows every character and everybody knows lines, mm. one-liners from every single character. It is full of one-liners. Yeah, exactly. Plus, it's very fetch. Still trying to make it happen, huh? 
Mm-hmm. It's better than uh, gruel. Fetch is way better than gruel. <laughs> that never caught on. It should have. Yeah, it did not catch on. What did you guys think of it? Uh, Laura, what did you... Yeah, I mean, I had seen it when it first came out, but I think I was, like, pretty young when it came out. So I don't think I caught, like, half of what Tina had put into this, really. <laughs> so watching it as an adult, I felt like I understood why it was, like, a hit with literally any demographic in a way and it's something that like ages fairly well like as an adult you just get more of those jokes revealed you know but yeah i i hadn't noticed gruel that was something i wrote down in my notes there was just like so many puns and like it was interesting to me that that was her first screenplay and it was so strong so i'm, I'm curious yeah. about well she'd been writing for she'd been head writer on snl for years at this point yeah. so it's not like she was an inexperienced writer yeah no but like a sketch format i feel like is is this uh, i don't remember had she already been working on 30 rock at this point i don't know do we remember or is this before (laughs) it might be before actually it's like how old 30 rock yeah i'm not sure i have to look it up yeah i'm I'm doing that okay you guys get on that yeah (laughs) so that that, like really interested me 2006 so this was before oh yeah yeah i mean it's a big commitment to just jump in i mean sketches are one thing but like a feature is another and i felt like maybe her tactic because it's something that i actually so when i tried to watch this movie i accidentally downloaded malware onto my computer oh no john, my boyfriend is also named john and he was like next time just like ask me if you want and, like, and it all boiled down to like i eventually just bought it off of amazon so this was like a lot of trouble for that yeah, yeah it was hard to find like it, it said really it was on hbo yeah we I looked know. it up and it said hbo so we we're like oh easy peasy but it turns I out it's it in the end. It yeah it's awesome. only on hbo now no, right? it's not. I have it's not even. It oh, not so we are lied to by Yeah, our, I, I, I just reference. bought it. It's good to add to the collection. But hey, now we, we know. Because I, yeah. right. I was like, well, I'm going to want to analyze this again later because what I was guessing <coughs> that Tina did was she used a sketch format for like every scene is how I felt. There uh, is sketch elements to it all over. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And just like callbacks tags like all of that stuff i feel like that's maybe the only way i could understand how someone could go like from writing for saturday night live to like one of the most successful screenplays you know it's mm. interesting jose uh what are your some of your i don't remember what the last time that i saw this movie i mean i i, I knew that i've seen it i just like i was kind of watching it for the first time but i mean it, it was definitely watching it for the first time after going through film school and then, you know, after having several years of, of working as a filmmaker. And I think if before I liked it, now, I, now I'm fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I think that I was under the impression that Dina Fey um, was the writer of everything by looking at, at the IMDb page and it was previously a book, then she adapted into into screenplay and then probably took a couple of liberties to make it. Probably uh, took a lot of liberties. Yeah, uh, to make it more sketchy and stuff, but it's brilliant. I mean, it's as a story, as a flow, as character development. And then as, as Laura was saying, it, it hold. I was wondering, like, when the film ended, the one thing that I, th- I mean, the first time that I was like, oh, that's that's unusual by today's standards, that it was directed by a man. I mean, mm-hmm. if the film about uh, female empowerment, I mean, it's, it's it was just not the times yet in which it would be obvious that a woman would have to direct it. So 
I mean, I guess that that's something. Today, that as in the last couple well, of years, there would probably be a push to give it a female director, but that's a really new thing, unfortunately. It's a really new thing, but you know, like I mean, yeah. I, I feel that that I don't feel that the movie suffered before because of that, but maybe maybe aspects of it are a little more male oriented and female oriented. But then again, I mean, that might be just nuance on it picking on it. It's highly entertaining. It does bring attention. I mean, I'm, I'm not from here. I didn't grow up in the United States. I grew up with American media. So a lot of these stereotypes in high school are a little more defined by movies like these when, when okay. traits are exaggerated. And then one of my most, one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is the captain of the mad team because he acts like he's uh, great. Acts, he acts like he's, he's in the football He's one team. of the best. Like he, He's proud of what he does. He 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 leaves his truth. He he wants the jackets for everybody. He's not overly sexual with, with uh, his his him. rap he's not is like overly like sexual. Yeah, exactly. He's part. like yeah. It's, his it's, rap it's, got it's, shut down because it was so sexual. I, I, yeah. <laughs> what the rap? His rap. His talent show rap. rap was shut down. Yes, but that's that was that's <laughs> unusual and it's an unusual depiction and I, and I think it's a meaningful one for the type of character and the and the type of demographic that it uh, that represents. But, you know, I, I know we're, we're generalizing right now before going into details, but that's what I have to say. I really loved his confidence in that character. Like, he was just that kid that, like, everything he does, he's like, I'm good at, even if he's not. You know, <laughs> that, like, diluted self-confidence that always gets people exactly what they want. But it was charming. It wasn't... I Yeah, I think that this... I'm, I'm a little more mixed on my opinion of this movie than... I, I feel like Generally, you guys seem to really like it. I'm a little 50-50 on it. I I, re I think it's got charm of, the, you know, the wazoo. And it's got, like, really great character moments. And I think the sketchier moments really work. But it is very tropey. It has a lot of kind of tired cliches, I would say, even by 2004 standards. And, like, the general plot is, I don't know, it's extremely simple. And it's not... I'm not so crazy about it. Uh, so I, there are things I, I like about it a lot. Like there are like the little characters in those, those small character moments that I think really shine. But also there is a lot of, I don't know, there's a number of things in it that haven't aged so well, I would say. The generalization of the clicks. I felt, I felt that way too. Yeah, the generalization of the clicks is one. Gretchen, no, not Gretchen. The dumb one? No, the, the leader. Who's the leader? Regina. Regina, yeah. Regina, she uses a word that I have not used since probably yeah. around that time. Oh, yeah. Quite a R bit. Word. The R word, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll say that. Um, and there's the N word in there, too. Oh, and that's not is there the, the N word? Yeah, the one of like in the, the like cool Asian clique. Oh, yeah. When, um, yeah. When they're, yeah. When they're in the, uh, like, the yeah, workshop to become better women. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you said they write it on screen. Yeah. That um, little bit is not acting well, in my opinion. But yeah, <laughs> some of the, you know, some of the homophobia, it's it's clear that, like, Tina Fey's not homophobic, but some of the humor is just kind of of an earlier time, dare we say. Totally. Right. So there were certain elements like that that I did kind of feel like haven't aged great. And then just certain things uh, plot-wise kind of bugged me if we can get into it a little bit what's her name the lizzie kaplan's character what was her name Ju janice ian. janice janice ian i feel like uh is kind of an antagonist in this film and she never really gets called out for it and it just bugs me this is something that bugged me about it like way back is that like she's mean she's mean both to regina and to Lindsay lohan and it's her idea to start the whole plot 
Like she literally pushes her into it. She instigates everything and never apologizes or gets called out for anything. In her, fact, she brags about it. In fact, she brags about it. And the nicest thing in the movie that she does is put Lindsay Lohan in a painting. And we get the moment delivered to us with her just like chucking it at her face, essentially. So I Wait had- a minute. Yeah, find me on it. She brings Katie, Lindsay Lohan, into her friend group, which is a nice thing. And although I completely agree that there was like no responsibility placed on her character at right. all, there is a moment where Katie is like, this was your idea dude but because it got so out of hand and at the end of the day katie yeah. took the reins yeah it happens when it happens when katie's already turned into an asshole though yeah. right like yeah. so she doesn't have that much of a leg to stand on by the time she defends mm -hmm. herself kind of felt like it was strange that um janice never really had to tell katie how she was wronged by plastics mm. and that Katie just blindly trusted her and like moved forward with the plan. But well, that's like I, a sense of belonging for a teenage girl, especially yeah. when you move from somewhere that's thin to the sister of the states. I didn't think that Janice was like necessarily to blame, but it did seem like there was little, I don't know, there could have been a little bit more clarification and like setup with her. I kind of felt like it had setup and that it lacked payoff was kind of how I felt about it. Well, what would your payoff have been? I just wanted to see some amount, like, because when they make up as friends, I feel like Lindsay Lohan is very apologetic. And Janice is like, you're not an asshole anymore, right? Like, she's not apologetic at all. And I thought that it should have been kind of mutual because they both make mistakes. What mistakes did you see Janice make? Well, the fact that she does push her into it and she instigates the whole thing, right? it doesn't happen without her being like you have to hang out with the plastics so that i can get my revenge on regina right? i feel like i feel like katie was like on board for it and whether it be like in my world i was like it's bizarre you're on board for it and you barely know this janice girl but that's yeah. like a movie plot. <laughs> right. they justify it with her being so desperate for friends that she's right. like willing to do whatever and then I, I felt like the justification was that she like obviously Katie loses herself so yeah like Janice would feel wronged in it and it's like how do you wrap it up if like they don't remain friends like in the real world it's like maybe there'd be a longer conversation with more dynamics but sure. at the end of the day, this is this is not a Disney movie right or is it no this yeah. is Lindsay Lohan's yeah. first non-Disney production oh. yeah even though it was directed like by the guy who did Freaky Friday oh okay I was gonna <laughs> they are still similar in style so and and i think the direction in general is pretty good the camera work always kind of supports the mood really well mm -hmm. before we move on from janice though a I thing that you brought up I, I i'll i'll let you just one sec was that because i wanted to address the idea that like she never explained her hatred for for regina and i think that that's where the movie has the biggest problem with sort of the the homophobic elements is that she is embarrassed at being accused of being a lesbian, right? Despite the fact that her friend is gay, she is embarrassed at the misconception. And like, I feel like that's the part that just hasn't aged well. I just wanted to- And she, you know. and they make sure that she ends up with a guy at the end, which I found really interesting. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't come around to being like, oh, she was right. They but, all do. Yeah. Or just even questioning it. It's like, I think for the sake of like, a mainstream movie they're like oh like we shouldn't leave this door open like janice is not gay yeah i found that interesting yeah. i would have been fine with her in question sorry yeah, yeah. like gay standards this is not 
a feminine power positive message really at the end of the day not yeah. anymore and outgrew it pretty quickly that's fascinating yeah uh jose what were you gonna say i mean being scrutinized then yes i mean being being scrutinized i i challenge anybody to find anything that will stand the test of time especially if it's before the era of, of awareness like you know like I, I i like it when when people start banning it's a slow uh, awareness though right it is a slow awareness but i, I enjoy <laughs> it when people people start banning either celebrities or, or famous people that have done something wrong and then and then sometimes i want to sometimes i want to go like let's just burn all the picassos let's just fucking <laughs> bring the Sixteen chapel down like you know like if you want to be, be that adamant about things then let's just destroy all art that have ever been created in, in planet Earth. You now, know? now, we're that's, not being that harsh own, on it. That's my own personal <laughs> quarrel about that. The, the, the point that I do want to bring is like, I, I haven't seen, like I'm noticing, I'm enjoying these because there's a lot of aspects that I haven't seen it. I, I usually process movies very mainstream in that sense. So everything that you guys are saying about like the little details about like she being, she being offended of being called a lesbian, uh, doesn't hold by today's standard like you know like I like that that, that amount of awareness but the one thing that the, the, the thought process that came with everything you have saying is the fact that she wasn't apologetic about that and then there is this perception that victims are better people than perpetrators and then that's and that's universal that's usually well, universal like if because you are, victims are victimized I know but, but, but victims victims like it's it's the, it's the whole plot of of let's say uh, TV series like SVU you know like as long as you say that something bad happened to you everything that follows needs to be believed and then whoever you're pointing a finger then then the law needs to needs to change for them to be guilty before they are proven innocent opposite to being innocent before they're proven guilty I'm not sure but I understand the point you're trying what, to make what I mean what I mean is that we we live in a world that is that is very desperate to balance and equal things that it's that I mean this is something that Colleen actually my ex-wife once when we were having a conversation she told me she said when there is a transition things need to be pushed in the direction that they have never been pushed before in a way that is uneven for it to to be back into normality so we have this natural perception that a victim is to be believed and a victim is a better person than, than the people that wronged them. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, that's that's a statement. That's How a does statement. that relate to Mean Girls? It, it relates It relates that she gets a pass of being an asshole because she was wronged by Regina first. But she doesn't get a pass. She does not. She does not by you, John. But not by you. But by. But no, in the movie, Lindsay Lohan does not get a pass. She has to publicly apologize. Like right. Janice gets the pass. Janice gets the pass. Yeah. Janice gets all the passes. I didn't give her a pass. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, like what? What did she? She was not. She was wrong first. She was. She was kind of like. Like uh, socially awkward on the side. So you're uh, on my side. She didn't even belong to the group. Is that is that right? Oh what? Yeah, sounds like you're on uh, John's side. Yeah, it sounds like you're on my. He always sounds like he's arguing against me, even if he's arguing with me. What? I just want to like let's stay on the movie. I really thought you were going to disagree with John, and this I is am. a really nice twist. Was, yeah. yeah, it was really uh, it was really strange. I didn't see. <laughs> didn't see it coming. Oh, uh, what? That I that I agree that that she that she's getting a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like she might not deserve it, it entirely. Start <laughs> didn't start off that way. It didn't start off that way. Rochelle, you had something that you wanted to uh, bring up that you mentioned. So before. there, there is a lot of comparison with the of this movie and the film from '89, right? With Renona Ryder, Heather's. Mm. Heather's, yes. 
Yeah, and they're both on Broadway right now. Interesting yeah. enough, interestingly enough, there's like a Heather's musical. They're surface similar. Surface similar. Right? Yeah. Like the like the kind or they're not even surface similar. They're thematically similar, right? Yeah. But they're totally Heather's very different. Dark. Yeah. Heather's <laughs> is know? like about murder and stuff. And like yeah. sure Regina gets hit by a bus, but it's a freak accident. And no one gets murdered. Yeah, I don't I the comparisons are out there, but I'm not sure I agree with them. What, I don't I, agree. I mean, it's if you're not looking beyond the fact that like girls click and the, the, these films put that on a pedestal, then yeah, it's not going to be any different, you know. But this film, Mean Girls, they transform and become better people. Yeah, I mean, Heather's is about toxic relationships and that yeah. sort of thing, and this one is too, to an extent. But it's well, that's what happens in girl clicks typically, at least in films. Right. In, in life. <laughs> in life. I, I wouldn't know. Exactly. <laughs> it's an interesting kind of comparison, but I, yeah, I feel like they are pretty different. This movie, it's kind of gained a cult status, right? Yes. I feel like uh, just kind of relating to our Facebook group, we put up like the poll of people's favorite uh, genres and like cult movies went way high on the poll, which... Kind of surprised me, but, you know, I think this would kind of, like, fall into that. It's always... Oh, definitely. There's a holiday, like, October 3rd. People... Right. Like, Which is... <laughs> yeah, the memes make a thing of everything, though, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are wearing pink. We are wearing pink. See? It is Wednesday. And it is Wednesday. I want, I want to talk about Amy Poehler's character. Oh, the mom? Yeah, let's okay. talk side characters, because yeah. there's a lot of great side characters. Uh, go, I mean, kick Tim us off. Meadow, Tim Meadows practically got got typecasted with this movie into that role in several TV series. Like I've seen Tim Meadows being that character for so many things and completely different. In completely Tim Meadows like, is like, great. like he's 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 the same character in the Goldbergs. He's the same character. Like I've seen him in several iterations of of being either a teacher or a dean. Or somebody who is like, or somebody who is like that same personality, but it feels that it feels that like going back to 2004, being like, oh, crap, you've been doing this for like a, for 16 years. Like I don't know if. That well, he's he's me. another SNL, he's another SNL alum, a, a Tina Fey contemporary. Cast or as or as writer. Uh, he was uh, he was an actor. He was a member cast member. Cast? Yeah. I don't remember him as cast. Yeah, that's where, that's where he starts. Like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure him and Tina Fey overlap. He was on during kind of the Will Ferrell era yeah. of SNL. But you know, Amy Poehler, like that character, like how much how much are we how much is this movie saying that this person that this behavior is being learned or passed on? Yeah, that it's character? interesting that she's like the the daughter of wears the pants like even with her mom. Like I mean, especially the mother, with her mom. Being bullied. The mother, the mother is being bullied constantly by 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 the daughter. But is but is the mother trying to emulate the daughter, or is the daughter trying to emulate the mother and eventually surpass the mother? That's that's the question that I'm asking. It's like the latter. Did this behavior started with the mother and then eventually overcame the mother, or this behavior is? Yeah, I mean, it's probably you know I don't know how seriously I would want to analyze that character, but I would say the latter. The latter. I mean, we see it in the little daughter. You know that. Uh, Regina comes home and she's like, "What's that? 
my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and she's like uh, doing inappropriate dancing for her. Right. And, and taking off her top and all the stuff. Yeah. 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 And this is a pre parks and recreation, Amy Poehler, when right. her character types weren't, they were a little more extreme before. Like, I feel like ever since she did parks, she became known as, you know, the Leslie Nope, Leslie nope and like the nicest person on the planet. But like before that, she used to play either these really caustic characters or just these like really hardcore obnoxious characters. Yeah, yeah she, used be, she used to be a lot of a villain, uh, like like in Blades of Glory and stuff. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or even like Baby Mama, where she's like very obnoxious. Mm-hmm. That's why Sisters is interesting because it, it it inverts the roles that they usually played when they played together. Oh, I still haven't seen Sisters. Maybe we'll have. You to. haven't seen Sisters, Sister. I feel I feel that it inverts it inverts the dynamics that usually Amy Poehler and, and Tina Fey have. I can't remember if I've seen that. What? Sisters is a pretty good movie. It kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare. And then, and then you know, like they they mentioned, I think that there is there is a recurring joke with Tina Fey about Asians because that she does the same thing about saying that she goes the cool Asians and the other and uh, what's it what's it for like the Her, brainies yeah. and then the cool Asians like she does that also in uh, well she. She falls into stereotypes a number of times in this movie. Like where first she assumes that the black girl in class is from Africa. To go off that. And the one that really bothered me was when they were giving the tour of like, you know, the cafeteria map. And she said the unfriendly black girls. Uh Uh-huh. That map, by the way, (laughs) she like, she like quickly draws up the most detailed map yeah, of the school. Was it was like well, the Marauders map from Harry Potter or something. She's an artist. Yeah. I was impressed. I was like, she did that. <laughs> she did that right quick. It is like the Marauders map. Yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of effort into it. Yeah, I, my, my favorite characters were Tim Meadows and the Mathletes guy that we mentioned the earlier. The Mathletes guy. It's he was the, he's my favorite. Hilarious. Um, Meadows, I love it when he picks the bat. He picks up the bat and then he Wait, takes the yeah. and he's in the other shirt and he just goes over there. It's like never in this amount of years. Like but he picks up the bat. He goes like <laughs> he's like, oh fuck. What does he say? He says, I didn't leave the south side for this. Yeah. <laughs> I like how his carpal tunnel keeps getting worse throughout the movie. Yeah, it's these little jokes like that. Oh my carpal <laughs> tunnel came back. <laughs> they had to write just... that in at the last minute because he broke his hand. Nice. Oh wow. Yeah. You know, sometimes life provides you with the best stuff. You know? It does, yeah. So I really enjoyed, like, every time Regina kept saying she wanted to lose three pounds. I don't know. Oh, you I... look great. You don't need to lose a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that it was, like, a. It, that's kind of, like, what led me to think a lot of it was, like, sketch setup, just because there were so many callbacks like that. And her at, like, the lunchroom table bringing that up again, it's, like, it almost seemed like, this is a routine and like, this is what Regina says every day. And this is like what we do. And it just, it was like really interesting. Like yeah. the, the habits that she like let the characters form. The rule uh, of threes is in heavy effect in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely. Heavy. Oh, yeah. And then I, I, yeah, I mean like, yeah, there, there were like a lot of skewed things, of course, that like didn't age well, but there was one line in particular that I don't know if it has anything to do with aging, but I just, I just wrote it down. It's like ex-boyfriends are off limits to friends. That's just like the rules of feminism. 
Um, I just really liked that every dynamic had their own rules of feminism and the plastics even had rules of feminism because I think it's Amanda Seagort's character that says that. So yeah, I don't know. That was just like kind of interesting that they would even like consider feminism in their group. Yeah, Amanda Seyfried's character is so strange. She has no character art of any kind in the film. And like she just is as vapid as she's presented to be initially. Yeah. And you like think for a moment. I do kind of like that scene where you think for a moment that she's going to have a deeper moment where she's like, you're not dumb. And then she has the thing about the boobs. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the weather, right? Yeah, the weather. I have a fifth sense. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, it's like, oh no, she just is that bad. She yeah. never like really plays a character like that again either in her like in her movie yeah. This yeah. was her first feature film. Was it really? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, she's funny. She does a good job with it. You know what's? <laughs> she's never played anything like this again. And like, had I just seen that and really not followed her after that, I would have been like, eh. But she's brilliant, and I think that it's very obvious in the few lines that she has and how she delivers them. Like every single thing that she says, we repeat. Every mm-hmm. single thing that she says is a gif or a meme. She's yeah, just I nothing but classics. Like, yeah. There's, um, what's, is her name Tara Reed? I find it interesting that like Tara Reed is an actor that plays that type of character all the time, which is like the dumb blonde. Right. And kind of what she's still cast in today, if she even still acts. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, she's doing like straight to VOD kinds yeah. of stuff. But like, that's just so, I, I think it's kind of like a like testament to like all these young actors where everybody grew into like all these different types. Like Rachel McAdams has not had like a mean girl roles Rachel McAdams (laughs) has gone on to prove herself to be a phenomenal actress. She was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, Rachel McAdams is great. I think it's kind of funny the the journey that Lindsay Lohan goes on in this movie somewhat parallels her real life. I know journey. Like she goes from the innocent good girl ponytail look to like that dolled up, like overdone. It's just too much, and like that's what then happened to her from this movie on. Like, from this to Herbie is, like, her transition from the, like, art kids to the plastics. It's really... Uh, there's there's one thing that I want to say. Like, I don't think... I mean, I, I do understand... I, I do understand the, dif- the differences between, you know, like, playing this character and playing playing a character in a subsequent movie, like, in most of these... Like, Amanda Siegfried or Rachel McAdams. But I don't think these characters are easy to play. I think oh. from the moment that you see a person like Rachel McAdams, inter- like, doing Regina the way that she does it, you go, like, you are... Like, this is not... It's not to be assumed that it is natural for a person, especially for a woman to be able to to portray that for them to say that after that and they became great i think that that the point is that they are great yeah. thing. like the believability yeah. of the of i said character. that she's gone on to prove she's a great actress yeah, this yeah. Is, regina is a hard role because you're the antagonist but you also want everyone to love you and i don't know about you guys but I'm just like those girls. I love I, her. I hated nothing. Regina, but I kept feeling like I'm supposed to. So good job. But I feel like, I don't know, in terms of the acting part, I think what John might have been saying and like what I'm, this is my opinion as well. Like, I feel like they were just so young to be that good at what they do and then like escalate from there. Like in terms of how I on camera acting wise, like how Rachel McAdams handled everything. I was just so impressed. You, she was 25 when she shot that. Yeah. I mean, it's really young. And I, I feel like 
you don't really like even at 25 it's like you haven't been out of school that many years to like have a ton of on-camera experience so like to be able to handle a role like that's really impressive yeah i think sure. i think it's not easy i like i i try to put myself in any in, in any representation of of a stereotype done as well as they did it and i don't think i can i can come yeah because i've seen people I've seen in this industry people trying to emulate that, people trying to go for a stereotype, people trying to exaggerate a stereotype and then falling flat, like the depth. Like within the she does bring a humanity to it, right? Great. Yeah. I mean, the way when she, when they learn Lindsay Lohan's character into the table the first time, like she all she's been hearing is that she these three women are mean and are bad, and then she needs to be wary of them. And then they lure him into it, and then she is so good at having her seat, at just presenting a complete different face that then slowly is going to keep changing. She doesn't rapidly becomes mean to her. She first lures him in, gives her a taste of power, gives her a taste. I mean, it's very clever. It's a very clever social interaction in order to bring one person into one's ranks. And then because also she's seeing her as competition. And she brings her in because she acknowledges, she sees her and you go, she goes that you are beautiful. So then you need to be with us. Otherwise, I don't want you as competition. I don't want to have this other person creating a completely different group. Like she understands that this this new person is going to draw resources. So there is a lot of political aspects in this in this thing, like like sociopolitical mm-hmm. within small scales. But it's, I think it's brilliant the way that they do it. Keep your enemies close. I love them. You know who is forgettable as <laughs> all hell? In this movie was the love interest Shane Oman. He was like a like the B version of Brandon Routh, like the guy he who got picked Superman. over James Franco for that role. Oh wow, weird. I'm kind of glad though. I feel like James Franco would have like stole too much attention. Agreed. Yeah. And, like, James Franco doesn't have the same innocence that this guy no, yeah, kind of exactly. has. This guy is like so doofy. You're like, he's just like a baby. He's so innocent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. what was he doing in calculus though if he's bad at math he was a senior how did he get in the class he was senior calculus i didn't take calculus in my senior year it's not automatic maybe in michigan it is yeah (laughs) or wisconsin they're in wisconsin oh did they say i couldn't i was like trying to sort out where they they they're going to madison for a concert at some point so yeah, I'm she just, represents the university she lives in evanston she doesn't they can just drive to madison but i'm pretty okay. sure she's in evanston oh okay okay so uh, where is evanston illinois illinois okay they yeah, added, like, I think they added illinois. yeah you're right they added it's like a really it, another thing about it is like evanston's a really expensive area to live yeah so, I don't know. Makes sense that, yeah. like, the Georges would live there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and her parents, like, you know, she's, like, a... Well, she's not tenured, but she gets offered, like, a she gets nice offered, position. No, she gets offered tenure at... Yeah, she does, right? Northwestern? Yeah. So, that makes sense. Okay. So, yeah, so they're yeah. well off. And it's clearly, like, supposed to be a, a fairly rich school, hence Tim Meadows' line about the South Side. Yeah. Um, oh, so Chicago. Yeah, great. That makes sense, too. That does make <laughs> yeah, sense. Totally. All right. Uh, I think this is around the time we want to wrap up. Uh, in the future, this is around the time that uh, we'd like to address comments. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Andrea Redmount right now for leaving a comment. <laughs> Thank you so much for leaving a comment. Hopefully, we'll get kind of more engagement as the show goes on. And uh, if people have questions or anything like that, or just comments that they want or opinions about the movie that they agree or disagree with us i'd love to be able to address them uh also Haley riley just for commenting 
appreciate that. Even just to let, let us know that she's watching. Uh, this was fun. Right now what we're going to do, since we don't have a lot in the way of comments, which we kind of expected, this is our, our inaugural kind of outing. Um, we're going to uh, announce next week's film. We're going to call it on the poll and uh, with a fairly dominating lead. Oh, first I'll start with our theme was visually arresting films. So I asked everybody on the panel to choose a film that they felt just visually kind of blew them away. So our winner and the movie we'll be discussing next week, the movie that we'll ask you, the audience, to watch so that you can join us in our discussions online and here is Drive by Nicholas Winding Ruffin starring Ryan Gosling. Which pick was that? That was mine. I know the people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a gorgeous movie we'll talk more about that i voted for yours though i'll have you know thank um, you i didn't vote in this first poll side note me and rochelle didn't vote in the first poll but i am gonna vote in future polls just not for my pick. what were the other ones again so the other ones were roma which had five i believe you voted for that laura um <laughs> <laughs> we have Social Network and Sin City. And Social Network and Sin City tied. Uh, I do encourage people to vote for movies that they haven't seen and to actually go out and watch them. That's kind of the point of this whole thing is we've got lots of time. And, you know, I don't always want to watch, sit down and commit two hours to a movie. But you know what? I always feel better after I do. Like, I'm always happy I watched a movie. So just try to remember that. Rochelle, where can the people find you? Is there anything that you want to plug this week? Nope, um, not much going on in the way of acting. If you would like to find me specifically, you can find me on Twitter at Ro Rochelle. Instagram is Rochelle Rochelle, like Seinfeld. Yeah. I and make sure you. Yeah. What? Sorry. I don't know what it is with this generation, but you, no one knows. Everybody that's like later Gen X knows what I'm talking about. I feel old. Yeah. It's probably because I was the youngest forever before you came into the picture, John. Yeah. Um, I'm older you than you're you. older than me. You're I'm older than you. Yeah, but you're like you're around my age. You Almost, know? Everybody yeah, else in the close. family is like older or significantly younger. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so please like this video, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you could be notified every time we have a new episode. That'd be yeah. awesome. We'd love to have you. And thanks for hanging out today. Zay, where can the people find you if you want um, to be found? J A V C H two. Uh, that's an Instagram. And uh, you can leave comments there. Or Jose in Paradox uh, from our old podcast, too, and our old show. Do you actually use that Twitter? That's still on. But JFCH2 on Instagram, it's like the, the most active that I am in social media. Otherwise, then I'm on Facebook. Laura? Um, my Instagram is underscore Laura Ornella, and my Twitter is at Laura Ornella. Um, I don't. I don't think I have anything I want to plug, but um... we'll have to get you on back when we like get out into society and the theater yeah. thing again, and like yeah. you have something to plug because you've had interesting things that would have been great to plug. Well, in yeah, the past. I have a lot of stuff I'm like working on. Like I have a podcast I'm working on, and um, oh, is it is it something you can plug now or you're waiting? It's not a, it's not um ready yet, but okay. I have the first episode recorded. Um, I just have to edit it. It's called Trajectories and it's basically just me interviewing people and finding out their story. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I don't really use the Twitter to be perfectly honest. Um, but you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at John in Paradox. There's no H or you can just find me on the Facebook group, follow our Instagram uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, until next time, watch more movies.